Sometimes it is better to light a flamethrower than curse the darkness. Terry Pratchett, Men at Arms. You're listening to Sonic Dawn. by Edmund Stone. The wind picked up outside as Harry tried to sleep. An angry limb scratched at the window, creaking and moaning at its base, threatening to give way at any time. Rain fell against the roof in spatters, and lightning lit up the room. A thunderboom shook the house and Harry shuddered. Damn, what a shitty night, he said. He pulled the covers over his head and tried to sleep. His bed was lonely tonight, due to a recent departure of his longtime girlfriend. She was probably headed back to New Orleans by now, after the fight they had. His arm still throbbed from the wound she inflicted upon him. Oh, she was the jealous type. He'd only looked at the other girl maybe danced with her one time. She pulled out a straight razor, as he tried to explain, but no amount of pleading could overcome her ill Cajun temper. She slashed his arm, and he bled all over the bathroom floor. When he returned from the trip to the ER, she was gone. Good riddance. But did he mean it? Harry considered that for a moment then fluffed his pillow and got comfortable again. He heard a noise downstairs and sat up. Hello? He called. Babe? Is that you? Harry got out of bed and grabbed his robe. As he stood, the lightning flashed again, and he noticed a picture missing from the wall. It was the antique clown painting the one his girlfriend picked up for him as a housewarming gift when he first moved in the old French colonial. She said it fit the vibe of the house, old and odd. Lots of strange energy flowed here, and the clown's expression, a sad, solemn look, messed with this place. Harry didn't know about that, but he knew the perfect place for it. He hung it above the old phonograph he bought. He thought the picture a good fit, as the old record was Gene Kelly singing Be a Clown. Harry made his way to the steps. He flipped the light switch, but nothing happened. Damn, the storm must have knocked out the electric. He held on to the railing and felt his way down the steps. At the bottom, he stopped. He could hear a faint Gene Kelly singing from upstairs. Who's there? What do you want? I'm going to call the cops. He reached in his pocket for his cell, but it wasn't there. Then he remembered. He left it on the nightstand by his bed. Harry heard laughing from the living room. He peered through the entrance to the room. His eyes had adjusted to the dark by now, but he could see nothing. 
So, he tried the light switch again. No relief. He had a sick feeling in his stomach. Maybe he should go back upstairs, call the police. No, bad idea. He couldn't turn his back to the intruder. Harry decided he'd had enough. He made a dash for the front door. His heart sank as he tried to turn the knob. It was locked. How does a door lock from the inside? He got his answer, just not the one he was hoping for. Outside the door, a man stood, his lanky arms outstretched, holding the door. The fuck? Let me out! Harry yelled at the man. Lightning flashed across the sky, and Harry could see him. He smiled. His leathery face stretched taut over his cheekbones. He wore makeup, all white and outlined in black to look skeletal. He had seen this before, in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. The man was painted up like a voodoo priest. Harry jumped back and stumbled on the bottom stair step. He landed on his butt. He was trembling all over. He didn't understand what was happening. Didn't care. He only had to get the hell out of here. Fresh laughter echoed from the living room. Harry turned to go back up the stairs. But he was stopped in mid-flight. He lost his balance and fell hard onto the steps, banging his chin and biting his tongue. The coppery taste of blood filled his mouth. He rolled onto his side and spat. Harry saw a dark figure standing at the bottom of the steps. His head was hurting, his tongue numb. He tried to make out the figure, but it was too dark. Then lightning flashed again, illuminating the room. He saw a clown, the one from his picture upstairs. It stared at him, tilting its head. The room went dark again, and Harry could make out the silhouette of the clown coming toward him. He knew he should run, wanted to run, but his head was reeling. Disorientation took him. Lightning flashed, and he could see the clown again. It wore a white, painted-on smile, and held a large machete-style knife in one hand. Its body was half-melted, like dripping paint and stretched paper thin. How? Harry barely whispered. The clown held a coin in its hand. Even in the dark, Harry could see it. He was mesmerized by it. As he watched, the clown dropped the knife into Harry's stomach and began to saw up and down. He felt the cold blade surgically cutting its way through him. He coughed, <coughs> spitting blood through clenched teeth. The pain was too intense to handle, and Harry passed out. As he did, maniacal <laughs> laughter echoed through his ears. The old French colonial loomed large like a beacon of hope in this Baton Rouge community. It offered a new beginning for the Devorah family. 
eager to branch out from the confines of the small apartment they had lived in. The Devorah's minivan pulled into the shadow-covered driveway. The car came to a stop in front of the garage, and the side door slid open before it could be put in park. A 13-year-old boy bound out of the side. Hey, Lucas, at least let the car come to a full stop before you get out. Sure, Dad. Hal, stop him. It could be dangerous. All right, Lisa, I'm on it. Lucas put feet to the ground as he was headed to the house. Two girls jumped out after him. Beth, Sarah, you stay put and let your father go first. Hal, you have two more defectors. Hal stepped out of the car. Kids, I don't know if the door is unlocked. But Lucas was already at the entrance turning the knob. It opened, and he went in. I get the first pick of rooms, he called out. Lucas cleared the steps, like a sprinter running for the finish line. They cracked under the weight of his landing. I'm going to beat you to the top, Lucas, Beth cried out. Good luck trying. Hey guys, wait up, Sarah said. Kids, settle down. This is a new place and your father hasn't had a chance to inspect everything. The call went on deaf ears as the kids disappeared into the house. Hal shook his head. I suppose the realtor didn't lock the door after she left, he said. Two minutes in and the kids have gone wild. I can't blame them. This place is enormous compared to our old house. I want to see if the kitchen is as great as you say, Lisa said. She made her way inside and smiled when she saw the layout. The open floor plan from the kitchen to living room was amazing. All the appliances were stainless steel. A separate door opened in the dining area. Lisa entered and was pleased to see a large table stretching out before her. It was everything she wanted. Hal did good. He would be rewarded tonight. Hal, come see this baby. I love you. This is everything I could have wished for. Hal Devora lumbered forward into the kitchen with his arms around a heavy box. Where'd you want this? On the island's fine. Hal set the box down with a little too much force as dishes rattled and clanked inside. Hal, take it easy. Those are antiques. Sorry. They should go well in here given the house is over a hundred years old, Hal said. I better get to inspecting it soon. Didn't you do that with the realtor? A quick run-through, not nearly enough time to see everything. Old houses like this are always solid. They have good bones. They accepted my first offer. Unheard of in a neighborhood like this. I felt like the Dutch procuring Manhattan for a song. You have to admit, this place does have character. I don't know, Hal. It seems a little too good. What if there are electrical or plumbing problems? She said as she opened up the box. Don't worry, I'll check it all out. Make sure it's safe for you and the kids. The slam of the door upstairs made them both look up. Looks like the kids have beat you to it, Lisa said. Hal grimaced and shook his head. Lucas, he has the explorer's instinct. And two blind followers, Lisa said. I'm on it, babe. Hal turned from the kitchen and started for the stairs. Lucas went upstairs when Beth caught him. They stopped on the landing. A long hallway stretched out before them. It was dark, and Lucas felt for a light switch. He found a small one to his left, and with a click, the light hummed to life. 
It flickered at first, then became a steady stream of yellow, illuminating the hall. Gray painted floors stretched out to four doors. They paralleled each other, two on either side. Lucas and Beth ran together towards the doors. I'm going first, Lucas cried. He started down the hall, but Beth jumped in beside him, knocking him off balance, causing him to stumble into the wall. Hey, Beth, what do you think you're doing? Getting ahead of you. She ran to the first door on the left and turned the doorknob. It was locked and wouldn't open. What the? She pushed her shoulder into the door, but it still wouldn't open. Lucas ran behind her, pushing on her back as he went by. Beth's face hit the old wood with a small thud. Lucas, you bastard! Karma, sis! Lucas ran to the next door on the left and turned the knob. This time the door swung open, smacking the wall. Shit, I hope that didn't leave a hole in the plaster. Beth came up behind him and gave him a little push into the bedroom. Lucas stumbled forward and fell on the floor. Beth laughed, placing her hands on her knees. Karma back at you. Funny, he said as he picked himself off the floor. Wow, I like this room, Beth said. It had the same floor that adorned the hallway, stretching out in a diagonal pattern. The walls were pink with white trim around the doors and windows. A brass bed with springing posts sat in the middle of the room. Pink? You can have it, Beth. I love this room. A voice broke in from behind them. It was Sarah. She had finally caught up with the group. It's mine. I already called it, Beth said. That's not fair, Sarah protested. You guys keep it up and Dad will decide. The two of you can fight over this one. I'm going to check out the others. Lucas walked out of the room, leaving the girls to battle for their rights to their real estate. He went to the door directly across the hall and tried the knob. It opened with a long creak. He found an area no different than the other room. Except the walls were bare and painted the same gray as the floor. This looks good. Lucas mused. As he walked over to the window, he could see the street and driveway off the edge of the porch roof. His dad was bringing in a box from the car. He continued to explore. The closet door was open, so he poked his head in. A string tickled his face and he stepped back. He pulled the string and a light came on. Everything seemed to be in order, just a nondescript closet space. He started to turn as something caught his eye, a red streak on the wall, stretching from floor to ceiling. He considered it for a moment. It seemed to be wet or looked it. Weird, he said aloud. He reached to touch it when he heard a clack. He hesitated. The sound had come from behind him, out in the hallway. Hey Beth, is that you? No, I thought it was you. Lucas walked into the hall. Beth and Sarah were there, eyes wide looking forward. What is it? Look, Beth said. The first door, the one Beth tried, 
was cracked open. Good, you got it. Me? I didn't do it, Beth said. Well, did Sarah open it? Sarah said nothing, only shook her head side to side. Somebody had to open it, unless the house settled. You might have jiggled it loose earlier and didn't realize. At least we can go in there now, Lucas said. He eased toward the door with cautious steps. The girls followed behind, pushing the door wide. He scanned the room. The girls, attached to either side of Lucas's arms, peered cautiously over his shoulders. Would y'all back up a little, please? They let go, and Lucas stepped into the room. The floors were painted the same gray as the other rooms, but the walls were a stark white. There was a picture on one of them. It was a clown painting. A sad clown with a tear in his eye. His face was plain, with black around his jawline, like an exaggerated beard. There was white around the eyes and mouth. Black makeup outlined it all. His nose was painted red, and he wore a small round hat on his head. It looked as though he were in despair, like he had lost every friend he ever had. Lucas, that picture is so creepy, Sarah said. Oh, it's not bad. It's kind of cool, I think. I agree with Sarah. It has to go, if I'm staying in here, Beth said. I see you both decided who would get the pink room. We drew straws, Beth said. Lucas shook his head and laughed. He stepped over to the painting. The girls followed close behind. There was an old record player on the stand below the picture. He had never seen anything like it before. It had a wooden base with a vinyl record on it, and a large funnel-looking thing jutting out of the top. A handle hung from the side of the machine in a U-shaped pattern. It looked like an old crank-style drill, the kind his dad kept in the toolbox. This is like one of those old record players mom and dad talked about. Only I think this one is older like the ones they had, he said to the girls. Does it work? Beth said. I'm not sure. I don't see a cord anywhere, Lucas said. What about the thing on the side of it? Is it a switch? Sarah said. Lucas considered it. He cranked the handle and the record player roared to life. A man started singing. The kids turned their ears away. The music was scratchy and played a tune they didn't recognize. Be a clown, be a clown. All the world loves a clown. Be a poor, silly ass. And you'll always travel first class. Not exactly HD quality, is it? Lucas said. He laughed as the record continued to play. Did it say ass? Beth said, laughing with Lucas. Sarah joined in and they were all laughing. The record played on until it started to slow, making the words to the song slur. Well, what's it doing? Lucas, you better crank it up again, Beth said. He started toward the player when a cold wind picked up in the room. A voice whispered, barely audible on the breeze. It's too late. Too late. He's coming.
Lucas, did you hear that voice? Beth said. I heard something, but I think it's just the wind, Lucas said. Where is it coming from? The windows are closed, Beth said. The door slammed and in unison, they all screamed. Hal heard the kids screaming as he started up the stairway. The hell? He grabbed the stair handle and hoisted himself forward, missing every other step as he strode for the top. He could hear voices coming from behind one of the doors. Hal grabbed the knob and tried to turn, but the door was locked. Lucas, Beth, Sarah, are you in there? Yeah, Dad, open the door. Open the door, hurry. Dad, please. Beth and Lucas cried out, but Sarah had her back turned to them. She couldn't speak. She wanted to scream, but it only came out as a squeak. She was staring at the wall, the wall that held the painting, the one with the clown crawling out of it. She eased away until her back touched Beth. Sarah, stop! Quit shoving! She said as she turned toward her. Beth screamed louder. The clown was liquid and solid at the same time, pouring out into the room over the old record player, spilling over the floor, an ooze of red and black with white flecks mixed in, a waterfall of colors cascading into a puddle on the floor. Lucas, kids, get away from the door! Hal stepped back and raised his foot. He came down with it on the door jamb. The wood cracked and gave a little, but the door didn't open. The kids cowered against the wall away from the entrance, their eyes fixed on the pool of paint in the floor. Large bubbles raised and popped from the ooze. The middle of the pool solidified, and something moved in there. Dad! The kids all yelled at once. I'm coming, kids. Just stay away from the door. Hal, what's going on up here? Lisa cried as she topped the stairs. Not now, Hal said, holding up a hand to her. He stepped back and ran toward the door, slinging himself in. The ooze was taking form. A black fedora hat rose from the middle with a head attached to it. Lucas, I'm scared, Beth said. Both girls reached over to cling to him. They were trembling, but so was he. The head slowly rose until they could see the thing's eyes. Dark sockets with no eyeballs. A white and red pus-like substance ran like a vitreous river down into the pool below it. The figure rose from the floor until its whole head was showing. A cavern formed where the mouth should be. A sunken indention with colors tumbling around inside of it. A white painted circle formed around the mouth, and the creature turned toward them and grinned, the head bobbling back and forth as if on a spring in a jack-in-the-box. The girl screamed, gripping tighter to Lucas. Tendrils of paint shot out into the air and landed at the kid's feet. Grimy, gooey fingers pulled at the floor reaching toward them. They all pulled closer together to avoid them. Then the door burst open, sending a splintered wood into the air. Dad! The kids ran out the door into the waiting arms of their mother. The door eased back to the jam and rested there, 
What the hell was going on in there? Dad, it was a clown, Lucas said. Yeah, and it came out of the picture, Beth said. It tried to eat us, Sarah said. Hal looked at them, his brow furrowed. What? Have you all been watching scary movies? I told you about those. No, Dad, it was real, honest, Lucas said. Just go check it out, Hal. Please, Lisa said. Hal looked at them and shook his head. All right, I will. Take the kids downstairs. I'll be there in a minute. Lisa nodded and gathered them up. He pushed the door back and held it for a moment. He looked around. Nothing out of place. The smell of the bedroom was old, like the room where Grandpa keeps his quilts and keepsakes. The floor creaked as he walked across it. The sound of age from settled old hardwood. He saw a bed and a nightstand with an old record player on it. Windows were on either side, one to the front and one to the left of the room, the kind with the cross-hatched panes inside. A closet door was on the right side. The walls were plain, with nothing on them. Hal wondered where the picture the kids talked about had gone, or did it exist at all? He looked out the window and saw the porch roof and part of the driveway below. The day was overcast. A typical fall day. Wind blew a limb outside the window, making a scrapping sound. Hal figured this was the clown they were talking about. Kids in their imaginations. Hal heard a creak from beside him. He turned his head and saw the closet door was cracked. He reached for the doorknob, pushing it open the rest of the way. He craned his neck around the door facing and looked from side to side. The closet was empty, except for some wire hangers dangling from a rod. There was a red streak on the wall. Hal maneuvered his 5'11 frame down into the closet so he could get a closer look. He touched it. The feeling was slimy and wet. Hal looked puzzled. Then he heard music playing. A scratchy sound. The kind coming from an old record player. It sounded like it was from the 30s or 40s. He recognized the song from when he was a kid. He stepped into the room. The phonograph was playing. Hal considered it for a moment. Strange, he thought. He hadn't cranked it up. The record skipped and scratched, then began to wind down. He noticed the wind picking up, but the windows were closed. Then he heard Lisa and the kids screaming downstairs. He leaped through the doorway and ran for them. He was halfway down the landing when he saw what they were distraught about. The thing standing there couldn't be real. It was a man dressed as a clown. Or was it? He was thin. Too thin to be natural. His face was a slurry of color, melting and solidifying at the same time. The thing looked back at Hal and smiled. Paint dripped from the sides of its mouth. The clown moved its hands in a waving pattern, like a magician doing a trick. One hand made a fist, then turned palm up to reveal a small coin. 
Hal looked at it mesmerized. Hal, watch out! He heard Lisa scream. Hal looked just in time to see a large knife coming for him. He had been so enthralled, almost hypnotized, with the coin. He had failed to see the danger. Hal stepped back, narrowly escaping the sharp instrument. The knife embedded in the stair rail. He pushed the clown to the side and ran down the stairs to Lisa and the kids. What the hell is it, Hal? It can't be human, Lisa said. The clown pulled the knife free and turned toward them. He smiled and walked slowly down the stairs. I don't know, but let's get out of here, Hal replied. He tried the front door, but it was locked. I already tried, Hal. We can't get out that way, Lisa said in a frightened voice. The kids whimpered and cried, hiding behind her. How can the door be locked from the inside? Hal said. Come on, there has to be another way. Hal pointed Lisa down the hall toward the kitchen. The clown swung the knife as they went by, grazing Hal's shoulder. Damn! He shouted. Are you okay? Lisa said. He put his hand to the wound. It was only a scrape. Yes, fine, go! Hal pushed his family forward. He turned back to see if the clown was behind them, but he wasn't there. Dad! Lucas screamed. Hal turned to see the clown standing in front of the kitchen door. It swiped the knife at them. Lucas fell to the floor, narrowly missing the blade. Come back! Hal cried. Hal turned towards the stairs, but they couldn't get through. There was a man blocking the way. He had a toothless smile and a face made up to look like a skull. He too carried a machete. Hal looked around hurriedly to find another way out. Dad, look there! Beth said, pointing towards the stairs. A small door made to blend into the wood trim sat under the stairs. He opened it and motioned them through. When his whole family was in, Hal looked in the direction of the clown. The damn thing was right beside the door. The clown swooped down with the knife, catching Hal's forearm as he was pulling the door shut. Hal locked the door. He was lucky. The wound didn't look too bad. No worse than the one on his shoulder. Cold air greeted him, and he realized he was on the basement stairs. Lisa and the kids were at the bottom of the steps with their phone lights on, shining them into a corner. What's going on? He said. Dad, you have to see this, Lucas said. Hal descended the stairs, walking onto the dirt floor. He saw what they were looking at. There was a fireplace, but unlike any he had seen before, this one had skulls scattered in a haphazard circle around unlit candles. It looked like a makeshift altar. A clown picture was in the middle. It was adorned with jewels and what appeared to be animal bones. Blood smeared the middle of the picture and extended to the back of the altar and onto the wall behind it. That's the picture we saw upstairs. The one the clown came out of, Sarah said. What do you make of it, Hal? Lisa said. I don't know. Apparently I didn't check the house out well enough. We have to find a way out. 
But first, I'm calling for reinforcements. He dialed 911. Dad, Mom, look! Beth said. She was shining her phone towards the ceiling. There was a trail of blood extending from the top of the fireplace to large wooden rafters and across the ceiling of the basement. Letters were written on the oak beams. Feyon Kloon. What does it mean, Al? Lisa said. It's Creole. My granddad spoke it and taught me some growing up. I think it means be a clown or something like it. It would make sense anyway. Do you think it's a spell or something? Lisa said. More likely a curse. Lots of voodoo in Louisiana. Could be someone came down on the wrong side of a priest or priestess. They heard a scream. Sarah was holding her light toward the floor. A body lay there, half covered with earth. Only the head and shoulders were exposed. Blood trailed from the corpse to the fireplace. She ran to Lisa, hiding her face in her mother's side. I think Sarah found the last owner. Looks like the curse may have been intended for him, Hal said. Then why is this thing chasing us? Lisa said. The way curses work, whoever did it must have cursed the whole house, and when we moved in, it all started over. What are we going to do, Dad? Lucas asked. Stay here until the cops come. Maybe they can get in and let us out. Suddenly, the candles lit on their own, illuminating the entire room. The blood on the ceiling pulsed and dripped onto the altar. Lines of crimson stretched out along the beams. Venus protrusions pulsating as if a heart were attached to them. It was like the house was alive, a living, breathing thing. Beth and Sarah screamed. The clown stood in front of the fireplace, smiling and tilting his head to one side. He no longer melted. His face was solid, but he had no eyes. They were only empty sockets, hollowly looking at the Devora family. The picture stood up, levitating into the air, planting itself on a wall. A large fire came to life in the fireplace, and a cold wind whistled throughout the room. Haunting music from a scratchy phonograph could be heard in the background. Hal jumped in front of Lisa and the kids, putting his hands up as the clown brought a knife down on him. Two of Hal's fingers were sliced off as easily as melted butter. Motherfucker! He screamed, grabbing at his hand. Oh my god, Hal! Lisa said. She jumped in front of him and the large machete knife buried into her neck. Lodging in her collarbone, the clown pulled the knife out. It made a thuck sound as it came loose. She looked at Hal. He put his arms around her to hold her up. Lisa Devora tried to say something, but only mouthed the words, I love you, spitting blood in her husband's face. Hal lowered her to the floor 
and placed his gaze on the clown. Why? He screamed. The clown slowly tilted his head from side to side. He heard the kids crying behind him and knew he had to find a way to beat this thing. Then he thought, the picture. If he could destroy it, maybe he could stop the crazy fucker. Hal ran toward the picture and grabbed it. The clown turned toward him, its smile turning to a frown. He brought the knife high and sent it spinning through the air. The weapon found its target embedding into Hal's back. The kids screamed again and pulled together closer. Hal fell to his knees in front of the fireplace, holding the picture. He dropped forward into the fire with the clown painting in his hands. The flames raged around him, burning Hal in the picture. Lucas covered the girls' eyes as they all huddled in the corner. The girls were crying with hitching breaths. The clown turned to the children. Fire shot from his dark eye sockets. The clown moaned and started melting. Its face paint slurred into a blob of color. It changed from clown makeup to the face of the toothless man. The painted skull on his face bubbling from the heat. He turned to a puddle of paint and dripped to the floor, disappearing into the dirt. Blood fell from the beams in a large gush, raining on the kids and covering the basement. The girls screamed and pushed their faces into Lucas's arms. He wiped the blood from his face and watched motionless as his father's body smoldered with a knife buried up to the hilt in his back. His mother lay a few feet away. Both were dead, and there was nothing he could do. He only had one responsibility now. Lucas motioned to the girls to stand. Come on, we have to go, he said. Sarah broke away and ran to her mom's body. Sarah, wait, Lucas said. But she didn't listen. She fell to her knees beside her mother and cried uncontrollably. Beth reached out for her and touched her shoulder. There's nothing we can do now, Sarah. We have to go with Lucas. We have to get out of here. She relented and stood. They all held hands going up the stairs. When they entered the foyer, the house was silent. No sign of anything out of place. Lucas led the girls out of the house, through the front door and onto the driveway. They sat on the front stoop and held each other close as they heard sirens approaching from a distance. Blue lights flashed on the side of the old French colonial. Two cops, Henry and Ed, walked in to investigate the house. Three children were found when they arrived, blood-soaked and scared, reporting their parents were still in the house, both dead. The pair felt it necessary to look around, Hey, Henry, isn't this the same place we came to a couple of years ago? Yeah, this is the one, Ed. Domestic disturbance. Crazy little voodoo girl pissed at her man, spouting off something in Creole. 
The guy went missing not long after. You think his girlfriend had anything to do with it? Henry said. I think it's a safe bet, Ed said. Doors open. Stand back, Ed. I'll go first. Cover me. Ed turned the knob and pushed. Henry fumbled for the light switch. Electric must be out. The lights aren't working. They both turned their flashlights on, illuminating the foyer. This area is clear. Check the living room. The kids said the parents' bodies were in the basement, Henry said. Shouldn't we wait for forensics to check it out first? Ed asked. Nah, why should they have all the fun? Besides, we're the first on the scene, Henry said. Alright, let's go. Ed and Henry shine lights toward the small door under the stairs. Ed put his hands on the knob and started to turn, then stopped. He heard music. Both men looked at each other and shined their lights toward the stairway. You hear it, Ed? Yeah, it came from upstairs. With guns extended out in front of them, the two cautiously ascended the stairs. The music was coming from the first room. They walked up to it, and the music stopped. Ed looked over at Henry. Henry shrugged. Ed opened the door. They shined their flashlights out in front of them. Both light beams met in the middle over a clown picture. The face was melted and distorted. It looked as though it were an abstract painting. The edges of the frame were charred. The eyes of the clown were dark sockets, staring hauntingly at the cops. Weird, Ed said. My god, isn't it creepy? I don't know about you, but I've seen enough. Let the boys and forensics take care of this. I'm ready to go, Henry said. Yeah, Henry, I'm with you. Let's get out of here and get a drink. As they turned to leave, the door slammed shut in front of them. What the hell? Henry, open the door! Henry turned the knob, but it wouldn't open. The door was locked. Kick it if you have to! Both men stopped as they heard a scratching sound behind them. Music filled the room as an old phonograph played. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I know it's been a while since I uploaded last, but hopefully we'll be able to get things back on track pretty soon with weekly episodes. Our writer tonight was Edmund Stone. He's a writer of horror and fantasy, and resides in a quaint river town along the Ohio River with his wife, son, three dogs, and a group of mischievous cats. Uh, he's a self-published author and is also represented by Terror Tract LLC, uh, where he has four upcoming books. Uh, you can contact him at edmundstoneauthor.com, edmundstone69 at gmail.com, uh, or you can visit him on Facebook at edmundstone, Instagram at edmundstone69, uh, or on Twitter at edmundstonehwr. If you'd like to see your short story get on Sonic Dawn, email me at sonicdawnpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.